0: Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska Podcast. I hope the Word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the Word. James chapter 3. Are you all ready? All right, very good. Let's read the Word of the Lord. but as earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But, verse 17, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, Submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Wow, what a text of scripture. Oh God, move in power tonight. As we have been studying the book of James and been enriched in ways that are beyond words. We pray and ask tonight, especially, I pray tonight, that this message would bring great clarity and would save lives. Even as you did at the very genesis of our church, while it was even in your own heart, you saved this church. You saved our own senior global pastor from this very text, with this very text, I should say. So release that kind of intervention. I pray, in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated, and uh, I'll I'll speak to that here by the end. This passage is a passage for King's Cathedral and Chapels, very special, very special to Dr. Morocco because it saved his life, and uh, within his life was this church soon to come after, and I'll tell you that story. It'll be rather shocking to many of you. One of the things I found fascinating is how the Spirit of God moves upon a people in ways that are beyond natural planning or organization. I I felt to study this text and do a verse by verse, and go through it, Uh, at the same time, Pastor Josh felt led to do the same thing. And uh, another one of our pastors, Pastor Andrew, same thing. And at the same time, Dr. Morocco, went and uh, re-preached it again, and I thought, man, we're all hearing from the Lord. So th- this series, and I think there's others that are ahead of us, a little further into the book of James, the book of James will change your life. When we were getting mentored, and we still are, that never ends, but in the early stages of our discipleship, we were asked and required, I should say, to memorize either Matthew 5, 6, and 7, that's the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, or the entirety of the book of James. So you had to do either one, take your pick. I chose Matthew 5, 6, and 7 because from that uh, is a scripture that God gave me when I was in high school in 10th grade that pierced right through my heart, and it was the one that God used to save me many years later. But the book of James is so profound, and I've been enjoying it as we've been moving through. Let me ask you an introduction Do you have wisdom? Are you wise? Do you have wisdom? I I know people that have the gift of wisdom. I pray for that. I pray for the gift of wisdom. Dr. Morocco has a gift of wisdom. And I don't know if you've ever been with someone who has a gift of wisdom, but it's an amazing gift. So you can bring a problem, a trial, a difficulty, no matter what it is, it seems, and they just seem to know the right answer. And it it is truly a beautiful gift to be around and uh, I have been the recipient of the gift of wisdom and I am the recipient of it and can make a phone call and receive a download any time I would need it. And I believe that God is giving me, perhaps in seed form right now, but a gift of wisdom. How many of you would like wisdom from heaven? Wisdom from heaven. There's wisdom from the devil. You don't want that. You want wisdom from heavens. Come on, raise your right hand and say, oh, God, give me wisdom from heaven. Okay, raise your left hand if you're not comfortable using your right. Then raise your other one and say, oh, God, give me wisdom from heaven. So do you have wisdom? Wisdom, the wisdom of God releases the blessing of God. Let me say it another way. The blessing of God is a product of being wise. And when I say wise, I mean heavenly wisdom. So if you want the blessing of God in your life, you have to have wisdom from heaven. Let me say that another way. When you have wisdom from heaven, it will release the blessing of God. How many of you want the blessing of God? How many of you like to be cursed? Okay, good. If you would like to be cursed, then just come up after and we'll break the devil off of you a little bit later. Amen. What is true wisdom? What is true wisdom? I've found that all revelation, we we pray regularly, oh God, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. Give us, it's a prayer from the Apostle Paul that we would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's another wonderful prayer to pray. Come on and pray it right now. Lord, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And you ask for wisdom, you ask for revelation. You know what the laboratory, you know how it's played out. You know how it's played out in your life. Wisdom is not some far off thing that some sage has that doesn't bring, you know, To bear in the reality of life. Wisdom is played out in real time in your life. Revelation, when real, will bring a revolution. Wisdom, I mean, do you don't understand what I'm saying? When you have a real revelation about what who God is, who you are, it can be a financial revelation, it can be an emotional revelation. He can speak to you. When he speaks to you, that's played out in a changed life. Real Christianity is people being transformed into the image of Jesus. That's what that is. It's it's not just some world religion. The origin, true wisdom, is heavenly wisdom, right in your notes, that comes from God. False wisdom is earthly wisdom that comes from the devil. That's right in verse 17. Now, James, we'd already, you know, we've been through chapter one, chapter two, we're now in chapter three. James has already spoken about wisdom in James chapter 1 and verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. He should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. There's a key there. One, God has wisdom. Come on, someone say God has it. But you don't get it unless you ask. It's, it's tied to prayer. Very powerful. And we talked about that before. So he's talked about wisdom. The key to unlocking this text is this. There are characteristics of demonic, earthly, false wisdom. Demonic, earthly, false wisdom. There's characteristics of it. Now, listen, you're going to be freaked out. I'm just telling you, you're about to be freaked out. Why is that? Because you're going to realize, I think I have some of that. I know. I know. And I want to set you free today. Who's going to help you? You're like, um, that sounds just like my husband, or uh, that sounds like my neighbor, or that, that sounds like this teacher that I'm listening to online. Exactly. And so you should not listen when you see the characteristics of demonic wisdom, false wisdom. And here they are, and they're right from the text. Bitter envy. So these are characteristics of demonic wisdom, false wisdom, bitter envy. What is that? Um, the, the Greek word is perkos it's, it's a harsh stance. It's, it's demanding, it's, it's, it's a jealousy. Wow. And so when you see that, you see someone who has wisdom but they have a jealousy or they're harsh, they have a harsh stance, that ought to, even if the wisdom seems right, you have to say, "Oop, hold the phone. bitter envy, selfish ambition. It goes on to say that Greek word there is for self-glorification. In other words, they have a wisdom and they have a, they have a stance and it doesn't have to be all of these. If there's just one of them, you need to take note and be careful. So someone who has a wisdom, but they're constantly self, it's all about them. It's all about me. It's all about them. Self-glorification, about honoring themselves, about moving forward, about moving their thing forward, moving their dream forward. It's not about others, it's, it's about themselves. It's a whole selfie generation. Selfish ambition, watch out for it. I've been rebuked, greatly rebuked by the Lord years ago and it set me free, he spoke to me, set me right. Aren't you glad that God will set you right? Yeah, he's going to set some of you right through my voice tonight. Let's move on. Arrogance. Arrogance is another characteristic. It's an unwillingness to learn. Pride and arrogance, arrogance. Um, You ever know somebody who who you, you, you try to tell them something and they say, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Oh, you do. That's an indication of arrogance. If, if you're not, if you don't have a humility, you have arrogance and you're going to have issues, you're going to have problems. And there's an indication. It's an indication of demonic, fleshly, worldly, false wisdom. You know, what, what, you, what you know will shape your life. Well, oh, I need to say it this way. If somebody says they have wisdom and even they speak wisdom, they have a wisdom in their speech and perhaps even in their knowledge, you can hear wisdom, but their life, there's, it's not lived out. You don't see it in their life. Uh, 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 problems. There's a problem <laughs> because real wisdom, went for, heavenly wisdom will produce in your life a life that's like Christ, a life of, of godliness and purity and holiness, which we'll look at here in just a moment. Yeah, there is false wisdom. And these are some of the characteristics right here. False wisdom, bitter envy, selfish ambition, arrogance, unwillingness to, unwillingness to learn. You know, we all need to grow. Is there anybody else that's growing? All right, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to grow this way. I'm trying to grow more like Jesus. We're trying to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of God. And that's important. You're never done learning. And uh, I'm in the midst of trying to finish. Let me say that differently. I'm in the midst of finishing my degree. And it's challenging. It, it's been very challenging, especially this week. And I've, I've said to myself, I should have dropped the class. I just, I just, I, I, just, I should have dropped the class. And uh, we're not dropping the class. We're finishing the class. I have no idea. And so I'll say things like, Pastor Colleen, and whatever, because I'm tired. <laughs> but don't ever stop learning. If you stop learning, you're in trouble. All of us need to be open to correction. All of us need to be open to learning if you ever lose the quality of being humble and broken and transparent, you're in big trouble. Don't ever lose that. Always stay humble and broken and transparent. And if you'll do that, you'll always follow through with God. And God will always follow through with you. You'll finish your course, you'll finish your race. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, don't ever stop learning. And, and my dear friend of, I, I, I think it's about 30 years, my, my dear friend of 30 years on the front row, he, he went and finished his doctorate. He is Dr. Michael Gannon. And, and, uh, and we were, I'm impressed by that. Years. Took him 15 years. All right, but he knows as well as I do that without the anointing, it doesn't matter how many degrees you have. You can have as many degrees as a thermometer and it's not gonna necessarily make a difference. You gotta have the the anointing of the Holy Spirit also. But the more I learn, and I think I think anybody that's gone through a higher education would say the same thing if they were being honest. You're being honest. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know very much. (laughs) Okay. True wisdom. Characteristics of true wisdom. Verse 17. It's pure. It's pure. If you're immoral, I don't care what kind of wisdom people think you have coming out of your mouth. It's not real wisdom. So there's people that pay for all kinds of seminars and weekend retreats to gain wisdom from people who are are not pure. And that is a very, very dangerous thing. So, but what about the wisdom? I mean, if it lines up biblically, but they're not pure? Well, actually, I believe that sets up uh, a real possible portal, can I say it that way, or a door to be open for the enemy to really wreak, wreak havoc. Peace-loving. Peace-loving. True wisdom is, is pure. That's holy, that's a purity. Two, it's peace-loving. They love peace. <laughs> if you're with somebody who doesn't love peace, that's a problem. Real wisdom loves peace. Does anybody else like peace? I like peace, but not at at all cost. Sometimes things have to be confronted to have peace. I'm not just going to tolerate stuff so that we don't have a problem. No, I'm happy to have a problem so we can have real peace. I'm a confronter. I wasn't always that way, but I am now, and I try to do it as lovingly as I can. I have no record with anybody. I try to correct it. The second I find out about something, I'm going to correct it. And I'm... And if I, haven't, if I haven't corrected it with you, it's only because I don't know. So, why don't you give me a call and I'll help you? We can help each other. I mean that in the best way. Peace loving. Peace. Gotta have peace. See, consider it. You think about other people. Do you think about other people or you just think about you? It sure is quiet in here. Are you considerate? Do you think about other people? D, are you, are you submitted? Or submission is, is the word. If you're not willing to submit to authority, you have a problem. So you'll see that certainly with people that have demonic, devilish wisdom. But wisdom from heaven is submitted under authority. You know, everyone, everyone here, all of my staff, we're, we're all submitted. We're all submitted to each other in, in love, and and we're submitted to the vision of King's Cathedral. Doctor James Morocco submitted to the Lord. It's all it all works together. If you're not willing to submit, you, you're going to have a problem. He said, "Well, I, last time I submitted, I got really hurt." I, there is leadership that is need in need of healing, and they're broken and. And you need to forgive them. But there is godly leadership too. And I, I believe we are that here. And we endeavor to be. May the Lord help us. But we're, you need to be submitted. If you're not willing to submit, then you're, you're opening yourself up for difficulties and problems. And real heavenly wisdom is submitted. I've, this has saved my life. I, you know, and I, I, I'm not trying to blow my, my, uh, my shofar here, but... <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Colleen told me to say that. (laughs) I just crashed the bus so much in my earlier years. I was wrong so often, missed the mark so often, thought I had it right and missed so many times that when I know that I'm right, If I have somebody that's smarter and wiser, and especially the Lord, the Lord, you can break in and tell me I'm incorrect anytime. I'm happy to shift and change because I want to go the way that God wants me to go. I want to do what God wants me to do. I don't want to get on some pedestal and, you know, be the man. He's the man. Be willing to submit. Thank God for people who hold your shut-up card. If someone doesn't, if someone doesn't hold your card to tell you, okay, sit down and stop talking, because you're totally off the beam. Now, if you at that moment be like, huh, 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 go off your own way, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use an illustration since he's sitting on the front row. Doctor Michael Gannon years ago he he he, um, he started dating. This, this girl, he went through quite a challenge, and um, I, I commend you for your Christ-likeness of walking through some incredible, painful things, and you've shared that here. Maybe you'll share it another time also without going into all of that. He was single and raising his kids, and uh, he met a woman, and he calls me. and says, I'm getting married. I said, uh, what? He said, yeah, I'm getting married. I said, no, you're not getting married. <laughs> you remember the phone call? I'm like, he's lost his ever-loving mind. Who is it? Oh, it's this girl I met online. I said, no, no. She's probably 700 pounds, and it's probably a man. And uh, no, you know, I'm like, God, what's happened to my friend? Devil, in the name of Jesus! But he wasn't telling me everything all at once. And as the court, but you were willing. You listened. You listened to me. You're like, I said, "Um, how about go see her first? He's like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. You hear the whole story. It doesn't sound as insane as it sounds like I'm telling you now, but that's how I heard it. And I just spoke up to you and said, hey, no, what are you doing? And you explained it to me. No, this was my college sweetheart, and it's this whole story. And I led her to Jesus back in 1960-something. And she got filled with the Spirit in our church all these years ago. And, and, and she has this prophetic word that she's going to marry a pastor whose name is Michael. And, and she just starts telling me the whole story. I'm like, okay, it's sounding better. I'm sounding better. It's good. sounding better. Is she filled with the spirit? You know, uh, does she pray in tongues? Um, uh, does she blow the shofar? <laughs> Amen. I'd, I'd like to meet her. Can I meet her? I want to meet her. Can I talk to her? And he's, can, I'd like to meet her. For, I want to I talk to her pastor. Who's your pastor? Tell me. I'm just like <laughs> 20 questions. And you took it. I mean, I hopefully I wasn't too rude, but, but you, were, you were submitted to me and you didn't have to be, but that's what friends do. And there's been times when you've corrected me. And you know what? If you don't have that in your life, you don't have wisdom from heaven. Now, you don't have to submit to everybody. Come on, some people need to sit down and keep their own mouths quiet or maybe wash it out with soap. Raise your hands to heaven and say, Oh, Jesus, help me. Yeah, real wisdom is willing to submit. May God give it to us. Full of mercy. Mercy, full of compassion. The wisdom from heaven is full of compassion. It's full of mercy. It's good fruit. Moving right along in your notes. F, good fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. So what if somebody... Is acting like they have real wisdom, but they have no self-control. Well, you gotta watch out for that. That's an indication you know, there's a problem. They constantly flying off the handle, can't control their emotions, can't control their lust, can't control their greed, can't control themselves. That's that's a problem. Come on, somebody say, Houston, there's a problem there. <laughs> Judges impartially and sincerely. The two words are impartially and sincerely come from the root word to judge is what a real judge does a godly judge is impartial and sincere. The result of the result of false wisdom and we've been talking about it all the way along the result of false wisdom right in the text it's right in the scripture is disorder. The first thing is disorder. There's confusion and frustration and discord. So when there's demonic wisdom, there will be confusion, disorder, and discord. So if you see that, that can be an indication of demonic wisdom being released. But when there's a wisdom from heaven, there's not that, there's peace. goes on to say, every and every evil practice. Now, I... I read that years ago, and I thought, that's a little extra. You know, really like every evil practice? That's what the text says. And had I not heard countless testimonies, and especially a testimony I'm about to share with you, I I, I might think that that would be, well, other than the fact that it's in God's Word, so I'm going to believe it. You see, when there's a demonic wisdom, it releases the demonic. And when the demonic is released, there then is birthed every evil practice. So if you think about some evil practices, some heinous things that you might read about in the news, that's what that's talking about. Every evil practice? Every evil practice. Somebody say, oh God, I don't want that kind of wisdom. No, I want... I want heavenly wisdom, I want true wisdom. The result of demonic wisdom is discord, confusion, frustration, and every evil practice. When there's envy and strife, listen, I have a no strife policy in my family, we have a no strife policy, and and we have a no strife policy in the church. What do you mean by that? Well, if somebody's gonna cause strife and division You don't have three strikes here. We have a biblical model. We warn you once, do it again, you're gonna be receiving the right foot of fellowship. It's humor. Scripture is the right hand of fellowship. The right foot of fellowship is, we're gonna ask you to go step off. You're not allowed to come here and cause problems. There's people that have come in here and try to try to fleece to sheep. You know what that means? They come and ride, work some Ponzi scheme or try to get your money or borrow. Don't borrow money from anybody in here. Let me, let me run that through one more time. Don't borrow money from people here. Why is that? But listen, don't borrow money because it's a biblical thing. You don't borrow money for put your name for surety for another. Don't do that. Now, I'll do that for my son. My son's gonna buy a house. He has a goal of buying a house by the time he's 20. He turned 20. He's looking for a house. He just got his, he's got his credit all cranked. He's ready to go. He he's, uh, doesn't really qualify for much of a house, but we're gonna believe God. Amen. You know, he's on an intern salaries. But how many of you know God's bigger than your intern salary? So, so you know, we're looking. We might have found one. And we're gonna, and yeah, if I'm gonna put my name on the line for my son, I will do that. Yes am I going to do that for you? I can't. Why? Because it's biblically incorrect and I can't do it. I can't biblically. Proverbs says, don't do it. And then we have policy that backs that in, in the church, but even, even outside of church policy in your family, don't sign for your, for uncle Vito's brand new Mustang, your uncle twice removed. Don't sign for somebody's house. It's not like your blood and your child. It's a mistake, really. I'll just pay you back next paycheck. Yeah, just don't. You know what you want to do? If you can, just give them the money. And said, "Come on, someone say, just give it to them. Don't put no strings attached, because otherwise people go to hell over a hundred bucks, and we've seen it. We've seen it before." I just can't borrow 100 because I can't quite make it. And then, but then when I get my paycheck next, then I'll pay you back. Then the paycheck next comes, they blow that, mishandle it, something happens. And then they're like, they don't have it, so they know we're going to see you in church. We've seen this dozens and dozens of times. And then before you know it, they're not coming to Kings anymore because they owe you 50 bucks and they fall right back into the pit that God brought them out of. And before you know it, they're on the way to HE double hockey stick over 100 bucks. All right. True wisdom. It's becoming a peacemaker. It's the result of being of the wisdom of heaven. As you become a peacemaker, literally where you go, when you have true wisdom, when you have the wisdom of heaven, where you go, there will be peace. You will make peace wherever you go. I know people like this. My wife is like this. Dr. Gannon's like this. I know people that are like this. They have wisdom from God where they show up. No matter what's happening, things get settled, things get ordered. There's a peace of God that's released. They become peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will. That's right. We'll have a harvest of righteousness. What a beautiful scripture. What a beautiful scripture. Now, I did not preach long because I want to share a testimony with you that you don't know, most of you, and those of you who've been around for a while do know it. Uh, when Dr. Morocco was uh, 19 years old, I believe it is, when he was 19, he was in college, God was using him marvelous. he was bef- marvelously. Before he was doctor, he was just James Morocco. He was a great athlete, football player, and a powerful witness. He would just witness all the time in Southern California. If you you could just understand for a moment, because what, what the enemy wants to do is he wants you to be deceived. And if you can be deceived, then you'll end up, you know, down the primrose path, bamboozled, on your way to hell with discord, envy, strife, division, and every evil practice. So as a student, he would do these concerts The years about 1967. He would do these concerts and, uh, and they rented large halls. And he, he was putting his name out on the line for thousands of dollars in the 60s to have these large Christian concerts. And God would constantly come through for him. You know, God's been using him that way ever since. He just would constantly believe for what was impossible and God would provide. It's how we still do things today. And there was a Teen Challenge. How many ever heard of Teen Challenge? Teen Challenge had a coffee house in uh, uh, Southern California. And at that coffee house, they would gather, he would play football on Fridays, uh, Saturdays, and then he would go and witness. Uh, Friday, Saturday morning, Saturday night, he would go and witness at the beach. uh, I think it's Huntington Beach, if I got that right. And he would go to this coffee house and people are getting saved. And he met a family there that were very zealous for God. They memorized scripture, they'd witness all day, and they were just full of, of passion for the Lord. They weren't so excited about the fact that he went to university and tried to check with them, you know, aren't, are you sure you're in the will of God? Are you sure you're in the will of God? And they were so radical that they would, they would go to churches and they would stand outside churches with sandwich board signs and witness to them and, and, and you know, declare to them, you know, don't, don't be a hypocrite. Serve God. Really be a real Christian. They would, they would invade churches in Southern California and be on the front row of when the pastor would start preaching, would stand up and accuse him of being a hypocrite and just lay into the pastor, lay into the church. And so that caused a lot of problems in Southern California, and they got quite famous. Uh, let me see if I can get their name. This is, this is some history here American history. I think it's uh, Teens for Christ, if I got it right. And uh, they were radical in every way. And over time, uh, James, the young James Morocco, began to be infected by their disease of criticism. Began to be infected by their, their, uh, their strife. If I could say it according to the text, by their demonic wisdom. And uh, they came to the campus that Dr. Morocco uh, was at, and they invaded the campus, and Dr. Morocco, at that time, James, defended them. And there was a lot of upset, and they were barred from the campus. And soon they, they left. Uh, they, well, they took they took over, that, they took over the, the coffee house from Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge moved on, and they took that coffee house. And as soon as I give you the name, you can put it on Wikipedia. I was going to ask them to bring it up, but, but it's so small that it's hard to read on these screens. It'll be no problem in the new church. You'll be able to read it as big as Alice. <laughs> but it's all on Wikipedia. I'll give you the key to finding that in just a second. And so they, they took over that and they began to do these things. So one summer, Dr. Morocco was going home to Texas. He was with his mother and they were driving back to Texas. She was a missionary, I believe in the Philippines at that time, a pastor in the Philippines with her husband, Dan, Morocco. And they're driving back to Texas and they pass a church and young James says, as he sees a man coming out of the church, look at that hypocrite. That pastor probably doesn't even pray. He probably doesn't even know the word. As they drove by. And he says, as they drove by, his mother looked at him. And she knows from that moment, he knows for, about her from that moment that she began to pray for her son, James. Esther Morocco, if Esther Morocco prayed, it happened. That's how that was. And she began to pray for him. And he was reading the book of James one day, and he came across this text. And as he read it, the Lord walked him through these verses and said, the group that you're with, are they pure? Are they holy? Well, I, he said to the Lord, well, I, I, I think they are. I don't, I don't see any sin. And I, I, I don't see anything that's wrong. They all seem like they're loving God and living pure and holy. And he moved on and said, okay. Are they merciful? Oh, no. No, they're not merciful. They're extremely harsh. He said, okay, they're, they're not merciful. Uh, are they, are they, verse 16, come on, look at verse 16 with me. Do they have envy? Yes, they do. Is there selfish ambition? Yeah. Yeah, Lord. There's selfish ambition, I think. And the Lord said, you will find every, find disorder and every evil practice. He said, Lord, he said, get away from them. He obeyed the word of the Lord, which was completely contrary to what his natural heart and mind wanted to do. That group moved from California because California was going to fall into the ocean. And they moved to Arizona, and they went from Arizona and they moved to Texas. And it was the Berg family. One of the most, they became one of the most wicked Christian cults in all of America's history. They were the Teens for Christ and later became the Children of God in the 1970s. And later after that, I think they became the, the Family of Love or some, you can go and look on Wikipedia David Berg is the name, and, he, and James Morocco was friends with the, the two sons, Jonathan, and I forget the other one. And in the heart of God was King's Cathedral and chapels. And Dr. Morocco did not see James, young, impressionable James, did not see all this demonic false wisdom. But when God spoke to him from this text... He said, OK, God, I'll obey. He backed away. He was ostracized by them. He went back into his studies and began to go after God. And they became the children of God. They were, they were so wicked. Every evil practice, they invented new forms of evil. They did evil in ways that are not I will not mention. And I would suggest that you don't read all of that on Wikipedia and defile yourself. And he, and this guy, this man, David Berg died in 1994 in a foreign country because he ran away to escape. it was one of the most wicked cults in American history. If he had not, if I just, I think about the fact that God spoke to my pastor back then, James. And if he had not obeyed, I would not be saved. We would not be here this would never have happened. There is so heavenly wisdom. You need it. And demonic wisdom comes in many different packages. And some of you, I pray that if you have any of that in your heart, it's been exposed tonight so that you can change.